it's honestly been my opinion that no other opinion but yours matters at the end of the day. It's whatever you think they think of you or whatever you think of them, that doesn't matter. If you are happy with who you are and what you're doing, then that's, that's it. That's, the, that's happiness right there. And if you are not happy with that, then you need to work to change it because no one else can do that for you. What's up, everybody? This is your friendly neighborhood, Johnny Boy, and you are listening to the Wrecked Chords Podcast presented by Wrecked Chords Magazine. This is the place to listen to punk and metal musicians from Vancouver and around the world. So if you're into that kind of thing, don't forget to slay that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and www.wreckedchords.com. That's www.r-e-k-t-c-h-o-r-d-s.com. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the debut episodes of the Red Chords Podcast. Today's guest is in one of the most globally successful bands to come out of Vancouver in recent memory. This heavy metal powerhouse blends elements of traditional heavy metal, power metal, and melodic death metal, and has toured all around the world. They are signed to one of today's biggest metal music record labels, Napalm Records, and their new album Abyss drops on August 21st, 2020. The band will be doing an album release live stream on August 22nd, and you can get tickets for that from Ticketspice.com. She is the singer of Unleash the Archers. This is Brittany Slays on the Wrecked Chords Podcast. I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Thank you for being on the show. I see that you guys are joining the live stream game. How's that all, um, how's that all going for you guys? It's awesome. Um, well, this is the show that we're doing on the 22nd is going to be the second one that we have done. We pre-recorded a set for the European Metal Festival Alliance, and uh, that was a lot of fun. It was definitely just us hanging out in our jam spot, and this one will be quite mm-hmm. a bit more uh, professionally done, <laughs> a little less DIY. But um, yeah, so we're, we're we're excited to get back on the stage again and hopefully... Um, our fans will be excited to see us as well, even though it's only online, not in real life. But uh, that's probably not going to happen for a little while here. So that's, I think, kind of the way things are going to be for a bit. We um, we got a Twitch channel as well that we are hoping to utilize a little bit more this fall. Maybe do some kind of impromptu jam sessions or Q&As or just kind of hang out over some beers or something like that with the fans and keep our stream alive. And have you been uh, adjusting to this, I guess, new, hopefully temporary way of life um, as an artist? I mean, uh, no, but, you know, you do the best (laughs) you can. Uh, Definitely, I'd much rather be out on the road, that's for sure. But uh, not when it's putting people's lives at risk, of course. So um, we're going to do our best to try and stay top of mind, stay in front of our fans, um, be accessible, and uh, just kind of innovate with the with the way things are now. Venues are probably going to be the last thing to open, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> because you know they are known for people 
crowding into a tight place and not standing very far apart from one another, especially metal shows. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be a while, I think for us. So that's, uh, just kind of take it day by day and do the best we can. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, doing the live streams is definitely a step in the right direction. And I see a lot of artists kind of adjusting to Twitch and kind of being more engaged with their fans in that sense, you know, doing the whole let's hang out, have a beer and just chill type thing. So um, I guess it's the best of what we got for now, but at least still something, right? At least we still, uh, you know, have artists we love putting music out and, uh, you know, being as top of mind as uh, as you say. And uh, I was listening to the new record just before this uh, this call here, as I've been doing, you know, pretty much all weekend. And the last song that played just before I got on this call was Soulbound, which, you know, right from that intro draws me in. It's a super killer track. Um, and, you know, as a lot of people who are familiar with my articles know, I'm a guy who likes to really dive into the stories of songs and stories of records. And I know Abyss, as a record, has quite the story. So to get things started, I'd love to know what Soulbound is about lyrically and how it fits into this entire story of Abyss. Sure, yeah. Um, So Soulbound is about the four sons of the matriarch, who is our villain. And uh, in Apex, which is kind of the, the prequel story, I guess you could say, the the story is in two parts over two records so abyss is the second half of that um in apex the matriarch had her four sons killed in a ritual so she could be immortal and uh we didn't know what happened to the sons after that it was just kind of the drama between our two main characters um the matriarch and our hero the immortal so uh this song is actually the reintroduction of those boys but now they are no longer alive they are sort of half dead half alive living in this life kind of between the two existences and um they are what what i'm calling soul bound so they are bound to the matriarch and must do as she tells them whereas in life they were kind of just um you know maybe they would do what she asked if if uh, she asked nicely kind of a thing so now they are her servants through and through and uh, yeah, that's just kind of the re- reintroduction of those of those four characters. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, the 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 whole story is basically just revolving around the matriarch and the immortal. The immortal is uh, cursed to serve whoever awakens him. And so in Apex, he was awakened by the matriarch, and she asked him, "Go find my sons and bring them to me, so I can you know do this ritual and become immortal." And of course, he had to obey. And uh, then at the end of it all, she betrayed him and said, you know, I was going to set you free, but I've decided I don't want to anymore. And she sent him back to sleep for a little while. And then in Abyss, he wakes up um, and the matriarch is nowhere to be seen and he has a new master. So kind of a fun little twist there. (laughs) When you had written Apex, did you uh, plan to write a sequel to it? Was Abyss already kind of an idea going through your mind or did it kind of just happen naturally like what was the whole story on the continuation of the story yep i wrote them both at the same time we knew right from the beginning that it was going to be two two albums um initially we were actually thinking that it would be like a two disc set kind of thing and we were Mm -hmm. going to do a a whole thing around that but then uh you know deadlines were fast approaching and we didn't want to rush anything so we decided just to focus on apex and we released Apex back in 2017. And then in 2019, we sat down and started um, focusing on Abyss. And there were a few riffs and things that we had left over from 
when we were writing Apex, but for the most part, Abyss was, you know, really written in 2019. The story changed a little bit as well, even though I had the underlying foundation for the whole thing when we initially started writing in 2016. Um, it changed a bit here and there, and, you know, Rift had some sort of um, em- impact on it as well. You know, as I heard things from Andrew during the writing process, I was like, ooh, you know what, actually, that sounds like this should happen here and that kind of thing. But for the most part, yep, it was all all written beforehand. What I find interesting about what you just said is the fact that you had the stories um, written before, like, you know, as just stories. Um, what was kind of the process of taking stories that were written as stories and kind of translating them into um, lyrical form? So basically I wrote a track-by-track guideline for the boys. So it was mm-hmm. it listed it out from tracks 1 to 10, a.k.a. chapters 1 to 10, and then in those, uh, in, in that guideline, I would explain what was happening in the story for that track, how I wanted the listener to feel, and what I wanted the song to sound like, and then any artists or particular songs or records that I wanted to kind of influence the sound. So, like, for example, Awakening, I would say, you know, chapter one, it's going to be called Awakening. I knew right from the get-go it was going to be called Awakening. I was like, basically, the immortal is waking up. He is super excited to be awake again, but he's also kind of, um, you know, sad that he's still forced to serve um, in the way he has been for, you know, thousands of years. So this song needs to be uplifting, but there also needs to be an underlying sense of foreboding. And I'd like it to be super fast and, you know, kind of a bit of more of a power metal vibe and, and that kind of thing. And I just did that for every single song. And then the boys would take the guideline, write the riff, bring it back to me and say, does this sound right? Is this, you know, I was thinking of this for this track. And then I'd be like, yes or no, or you know what, actually, that probably sounds better for this song. Like, let's move that over here. Or I'd say, you know what, it's cool, but why don't we change this a little bit or, you know, that kind of thing. And um, Apex was written by both Grant and Andrew, so they both had some riff writing ideas on that one. But Abyss, it was all Andrew. He basically just took the guideline and <laughs> hid away in his apartment for three months and just, like, wrote everything. <laughs> it was It was awesome. It was pretty incredible. Uh, it's almost like because uh, you say the matriarch has two or three or four people. It's almost like you you're the matriarch of your band in a way when you kind of describe it like that, which is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> no, I am definitely not a power hungry evil sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that actually brings me um, to an interesting point about this immortal character. You know, when I think of the word immortal, I think personally like godlike, invincible, powerful, but this immortal character, you know, kind of has a hold on him, if you will, and, you know, a power over him. And what I thought was really interesting was taking this seemingly almighty being and humanizing them in a way that could kind of bring him to our levels a little bit deeper. Can you talk about maybe some of the humanistic elements or experiences that this character faces within this imaginary world that you created? Yeah, no, I mean, basically you got it pretty bang on. Um, there's not much of a story to tell if the guy is perfect. So um, the immortality, though it is something that can be used to his advantage, it is also uh, basically a shackle that has kept him chained to this fate of serving other people his whole life. 
And it's kind of gone to the point where he even accepts it as the only way things can ever go. And so when I initially was writing it, I knew that I wanted to have an extremely powerful sorceress as the villain and then this tragic hero kind of going up against her. But um, if he's so powerful, you know, how, how come he doesn't just destroy her? And it's, oh, it's obviously because, you know, he's cursed to serve. So that definitely does bring him down to this human level. And then once the matriarch obtains immortality at the end of Apex, it's kind of like, that's the last of it. She's like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm perfect now. I'm the, I am unbeatable. But then the immortal is stolen out from under her and is no longer bound to her, basically, to serve her. And so we get to see the immortal at its true strength. But because of all these years of feeling like he's just a tool or a weapon or, you know, he doesn't have his own path to walk, he's kind of crippled by his own self-doubt, which I think every single one of us is at one point or another. And so the whole story really just kind of covers that inhibition that we all feel and these expectations of others that we feel like we have to meet and we're never good enough. But then all of a sudden it's just kind of about realizing that you do have the strength within you to uh, break free from whatever society thinks you should be doing or supposed to be doing or, you know, that kind of thing. And just like the immortal, you can turn and face your fears and, and conquer the day. Yeah, that's great. And um, that, you know, is definitely an important message nowadays, especially as, especially right now when, you know, so many people feel like, you know, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to take control of their lives. They're, they're under, you know, the thumb of some greater power, whether it be, you know, a pandemic or their boss or just somebody taking control over who they are. And it's great to kind of hear that, you know, you can break through of that. I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what really attracted you to wanting to write this specific story? Why this character? Why this world? And why this message right here, right now? Uh, well, I just uh, a, a large part of it, honestly, is social media. And I have so many friends that have told me about the pressure that they feel because of it. You know, you watch people having these, whatever, incredible lives. I don't know, they own boats or they have like, you know, 15 perfect kids or whatever it, it, it could possibly be that you feel you don't have. And we mm-hmm. take that and we feel lesser for it when it's really what we should be doing is, is just, you know, saying, Hey, you know what? Awesome. Good for you. Way to go. And focusing on ourselves. And it, it's, it's honestly been my opinion that no other opinion, but yours matters at the end of the day. It's, whatever you think they think of you or whatever you think of them, that doesn't matter. If you are happy with who you are and what you're doing, then that's, that's it. That's the, that's happiness right there. And if you are not happy with that, then you need to work to change it because no one else can do that for you. And in Abyss, the immortal realizes that he says, you know what? I, 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 I'm, this is happening to me because I'm letting it happen to me. I think that I'm cursed to serve when really like the only person that can break the curse is me. And so it's just kind of, I don't know. I just feel so, I mean, I'm not, I can't say that I don't feel those pressures because I definitely do, but I see it more in people around me and and constantly, you know, things like um, professional sports, professional athletes feeling this insane pressure to be perfect because everyone is watching all the time. 
And it's just like, we need to stop doing that to each other. Just stop. We're all human. We all have issues and things that are weaknesses and things that are strengths. And just stop judging each other so hard. And, you know, it, I think the whole world would be better for it, especially right now when <clears throat> the whole thing's going to pot, basically. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you bring up a lot of good points. And I'm curious to see what you think about, you know, because, you know, it's true. Like everybody, you know, in some form or the other see something that somebody else has, even if it's just I could post a photo of me holding a $1,000 cash in my hand and smiling and saying, look how rich I am. But that might not necessarily be my real $1,000, but to create that illusion that so many Mm -hmm. of these influencers and whatever create to, you know, build their follower count or whatever. Um, So how do we, especially now when a lot of people are kind of getting, even myself, I'm finding myself kind of sucked deeper into my phone as there's not as much to do. I'm kind of stuck in the house all the time. How Mm -hmm. do we kind of, break free of that when it's become so intertwined it's almost like you know our phone is a, is an external limb of ours now um at that mm-hmm. point um yeah yeah you know it is difficult um whenever you're waiting in line or you're you know you're just hanging out doing something on the bus whatever that's the first thing we instinctively do and instead maybe we should be the only ones standing there you know staring up at the sky or watching people on the street or just, you know, listening to an an awesome album with no, you know, nothing else to, to distract you kind of a thing. And, um, just try and, and kind of pick one thing and focus on that, you know, and it's really weird when you are like a lot of times, and this is just seriously out of sheer laziness. I keep my phone in my, my little backpack. And so I'm just kind of like, ah, uh, too lazy to get my phone out. So like when I'm standing there waiting uh-huh. in line for something, often I am the only person <laughs> without my phone in my hand. And um, and so it's just kind of weird, you know, being so aware of the world around you when everyone else, yeah, is, you know, facing the phone kind of a thing. And sometimes it's really nice and you just kind of feel the wind on your face and you're just like this, I, you know, I'm so freaking lucky that I exist because it is seriously pure chance that I, this exact collection of cells and molecules happens to, to exist right here, right now in this moment. And it, and it is me, you know, so I just, you know, kind of got to be present and, and if you need to escape, then just listen to a bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's very true. I even find myself sometimes when I'm on the sky train, for example, and I'm just sitting there looking around, it's like, here's a group of like 30 people with their own individual stories or individual lives that are all collected in this little batch of people for this, you know, mm-hmm. half an hour on the sky train together and you might never mm-hmm. see them again. And that's like 30, you know, collection of experiences that are in that train with you. And instead of, you know, maybe saying hi to somebody and sharing the fact that we live together and we're here right now and we may never see each other again, we're out mm-hmm. looking at people we will never meet in real life being sad yeah. that they have a nice car <laughs> you know yeah exactly um, yeah yeah so um being an artist it feels like social media is kind of the way to promote yourself so it's almost like a double-edged sword in a way because so many people at least artists nowadays are relying on that um as mm-hmm. a way of promotion and getting in touch with their fans and that kind of thing so you know kind of seeing that flip side of the coin what's your kind of thought 
um, from the artist, you know, fan engagement perspective? Well, I mean, I, I definitely am going to be the first to admit that I suck at social media. I <laughs> do not post enough. I do not do, like, stories enough or any of that stuff. And uh, it's just because I really kind of just go about my day and, and um, I'm not on there too often. So I'm not the kind of person that's like, hey, I bought a hot dog or, hey, look, I'm <laughs> getting on the bus or like, ooh, selfie before I go to the gym. You know, I'm just not that kind of person. And there's not that there's anything wrong with that. Absolutely be that kind of person. I'm just not that kind of person, which really, yeah, doesn't go <laughs> well when you're trying to promote a brand um, that is an artist, like, you know, a musician or whatever, that kind of thing. So, but um, on the other hand, I've started Twitch streaming and, and I, and I love it. I think it's so much fun. I get to play video games, which I really enjoy, but I get to do it with my fans hanging out there and asking questions and, you know, telling me the secrets when I can't figure out what I'm doing. And it's, it's just like my favorite thing so far. And it is definitely the thing that's gotten me through the pandemic because I still get to engage with everyone, but on my terms and I'm not, you know, I've had sometimes months in between posts. And then when I finally put up a picture, people are like, oh, there she is. And it's like, I don't <laughs> owe you a photo every day, you know. And I get that you that you want to see what's going on with me, and I'm totally cool with that. Like, I am, I am just a normal person, and I want you to see that just as much um, as I want you to experience and listen to our music. So, like, I totally get it. But it's also, it's just kind of, you know, it's really – um, it's it, it it's asking a lot of you sometimes, I guess you could say. But um, that being said, yeah, I'm totally loving Twitch. So as soon as all this uh, album release hoo-ha is over, I can get back on there and have some time to actually play some video games. So, What games are you playing right now, or were you last playing? Uh, I'm in the middle of The Last of Us. So when the second one came out, I was like, oh, well, guess I better play the first one before I can play the second one. So... Um, but there's a long list. I got Horizon Zero Dawn I need to play. I got Outer Worlds. I got uh, everyone keeps telling me I need to play Assassin's Creed. And so I might play, you know, the last one or I might wait for the new one, the Valhalla Viking one. I'm not too sure yet. Um, apparently Ghosts of Tsushima is amazing. So I got that on my list. Like, it's just never ending. You can play video games all day long for the rest of your life if you want. <laughs> I know. I actually just started playing God of War, which kind of kind of fits well with uh, the, the whole of this vibe and the whole mythological, fantastical world created. So that's kind of fun that uh, those worlds kind of collided at the same time. Back yeah, to the that one's on my list um, for sure. <laughs> Oh, you got it. It's actually super good. But um, back to the record, I am personally a big believer that when you create something, a little part of you is part of it. A little shred of your being, as it were, is kind of placed in this piece. Whatever it is you make, whether it's, you know, a painting or a song or a story or a character or whatever. And I'm curious, in this fantastical world that you've created in Abyss, as well as Apex, how much of Britney Slays is in this immortal character and how much of your personal experience is metaphorically put into the story? Uh, I mean, I guess probably quite a bit. The whole write what you know thing is is a is is true. Um, no, I'm not the matriarch, as so many people say, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I I feel yeah no I definitely <clears throat> feel like I put a little bit of myself into the immortal because I'm constantly the I don't know it's weird I I honestly don't I can't explain it but I just really am good at kind of not caring about when people are assholes to me. 
And I feel like the immortal is the same in that he is just like kind of, I'm going to do what I do. And if you don't like it, that's, you know, that's too bad. Not a big deal. Um, and that's really kind of where, how I feel as a person. And I try and constantly instill that in my friends and people around me who, you know, exactly like that. They, they feel bad about themselves because of something they saw on social media or because, you know, someone at work is, got a promotion or whatever and I just kind of say you know you gotta you can't take that shit personally man it's not about you it's you gotta worry about you you gotta put yourself first and and you gotta love yourself like seriously love who you are as a human being and nothing else in the world will matter and I just really feel like that's kind of where the whole immortal character grew from and um, he's been at it so long he's just kind of like yeah whatever you know, get out of here, you guys are annoying me, kind of a thing. And um he just goes on his you know, his merry way doing what he doing what he does. But there's also that self doubt there, of course. I have that all the time. So he's um just kind of yeah, reflecting of the best parts and the worst parts, I guess. Mhm. That's amazing to say that because yeah, I definitely agree that, you know, writing what you know and um putting yourself into the shoes of of uh or, or getting people to understand where you're coming from, I guess, is, is a different way to put it, um, is a great way to try and connect people through your songwriting. Would you say there are any songs on the album that hold a little bit of a extra special place in your heart on this album? For sure. Um, I love The Wind That Shapes the Land. That song was the last song that we wrote. It was the hardest one for lyrics uh, because there was just so much that needed to be told. And but I didn't want to say it like super explicitly or literally. I still wanted it to be able to be taken um, in such a way that you know can mean something different for everyone. But um, you know had a, had a whole battle to reenact basically. So it was it was very difficult. But at the end of the day, that yeah, it ended up being one of my favorite performances and one of the favorite my you know tracks that we wrote. And uh, it's really funny because we've all kind of come to that agreement that it's really fun to play um we've been jamming it in preparation for the stream so it's it's a lot of fun and you just kind of get lost in it and yeah i think that's probably number one on the record for me right now i don't know that might change (laughs) that's definitely one of my favorite songs on the record too and one thing i wanted to point out was um the evolution of you guys have definitely are like they were apparent on apex but now they've gotten like really apparent on abyss here with the addition of all these elements and there was um you know there's just so much so much to take in which which I thought was really cool and really amazing how would you describe the evolution as a band um you know kind of as you grow as you mature as a band and um mature as songwriters i guess after being together for this long well i mean we're all much older now <laughs> so just <laughs> with time i mean and with maturity comes better songwriting skills um, but we're also influenced by different bands and we listen to different music now than we did way back in the day. So, I mean, for sure, influence-wise, we're we're in a completely different place than we were. Even with Apex, it was, um, you know, we were listening to very different bands then. You're always going to have the Queensryche and the Iron Maiden kind of influences. Um, like Apex, I would say it was kind of a bit of a soil work inspiration. And on this one, we got a bit of a Flesh God inspiration. But there's also... There's a lot of different, you know, other stuff on 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 Abyss than than 
we've ever had before. Some black metal influences and a lot of pop and synth wave and and uh, symphonic stuff, folk metal, that kind of thing. So uh, we definitely just are, you know, our our influences have changed and and uh, also the you know the member changes have really made kind of a big deal as well because our principal songwriter um, who we had up till 2013 was very much um, uh, you know a death metal fan and a, a kind of I guess you could say deathcore metalcore kind of fan. And uh, then when Andrew joined the band, we turned into, you know, towards more of a traditional metal or uh, heavy metal direction. So we just kind of embraced that power side of things. So um, that probably had a lot to do with it as well. But I mean, yeah, you just get, uh, you just get older, you get better, the more you do it, the better you are at it, the better at the studio, better at everything. It just takes time and practice. Sweet. Um, I see we're kind of winding down to the end here, so I'll squeeze in a one more quick question for you here, Brittany. You really had your turning point in more, like, within recent years. Um, so you were grinding it for, like, 10, 10 or so years, maybe, um, before, you know, you started getting, at least, uh, and I could be wrong about this, but, um, you know, what I felt, and I think I said you say this in interviews was the turning point for the band was really when you released apex what would you say you know considering you're now finally seeing the fruits of your labor pay off um you know you have huge numbers on spotify um a lot of popularity out in europe and some of the scandinavian countries do you have any advice for newer bands in just you know in general as a metal band in today's demographic and kind of you know becoming or going on the uphill now um, yeah, I mean, no, you're definitely right. It, a lot of changes have happened in the last few years here. I think a lot of it has come down to just writing a really accessible record in Apex. Um, we kind of hit our stride a bit songwriting-wise and um, style-wise. I mean, we're always going to be genre benders, but we, you know, we're kind of figuring out that people want catchy melodies that get stuck in your head, so we're just going to keep doing that. And uh, basically, yeah, it takes time. You got to plug away at it. You got to keep going. And nothing happens overnight. Even though people say overnight success, it's just that's not a thing. Um, the only difference is that all of a sudden people discover you one night, basically. And it's not like you weren't there before. So um, for those that are trying to get into the game, keep at it. Just keep keep at it. Don't give up. Uh, and eventually, you know, something something will go your way. And do your best to put yourself out there in the highest quality ways as, po- as possible. You know, the best record uh, that you can put out, the best um, recording quality, the best merch, the best vi- music videos, the, you know, the best everything. The, don't um, don't sell yourself short and don't cheap out. And, you know, and, you know I guess on the other hand, that's save your money is a really big one because <laughs> this is an expensive <laughs> industry and all those things cost a lot of money. So save it up and, uh, don't be afraid to spend it because it will definitely be worth it and it'll come back to you. Um, but number one, most important is like, just be loyal to your fans, man, because they're loyal to you. And as long as you treat them like they're the one thing that matters because they are, because without them, you, you know, you got nothing. Um, then they'll always be there for you when you need them. Like how, when we came back from that tour that got destroyed by the pandemic and we were, thousands of thousands of dollars in debt our fans were there for us and they helped us so you know they're always going to be there whether you're a huge band or you're a tiny band you gotta make sure that you treat them like you know that they're the most important thing on the planet because they are awesome 
That's amazing. Thank you so much for that uh, in-depth answer there. That's that's amazing to hear. Do you have any final thoughts, Brittany, before we uh, call it a day on this uh, call here? Uh, just if you can, listen to Apex beginning to end. Don't, uh, yes. I mean, do the singles or whatever, but if you can, put your headphones on and, and take an hour and really give it a, a good once through because that's, that's how we wrote it. That's how we meant it to be heard if if you can. And also come hang out with us on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you again so much, Brittany, for uh, taking the call today. And yeah, thanks again for giving me your time and having a little chat with me. It was awesome to talk to you. Congratulations on the new yeah. record. I'm stoked for it to see how people react to it. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That was Brittany Slays from Unleash the Archers here on the Retcords podcast presented by Retcords Magazine. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, feel free to slay that subscribe button, leave a review, and hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to visit us at rectchords.com. Thank you for tuning in. Hope to see you again next time. Peace out.